you've been a model, um, an actress and a spokesperson, but you first came to international prominence as an athlete. Um, was athletics the first passion for you? No, 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 no. Acting was what I always knew I wanted to do from my first memories, my earliest years. You know, I was always writing plays and performing them and dressing up my little brothers, you know, taking the tinsel off the Christmas tree and stapling it to the <laughs> edge of the house coat <laughs> to play queens and kings. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, it's interesting because the, the, the sport thing, I mean, I'd, I'd always played sport, but it was like playing musical instruments, which I also did, which was, it was like performing on stage, which I did. It was, and I think I realized that in the last couple of years that the through line through this multilateral career, ridiculously hyphenated, um, is being a storyteller. You know, for me, sport is really the, is the lost art. You know, it, it, it was, you know, I was that, that kid, that dreamer, that daydreamer. Um, you know, I wasn't a jock the way people who are passionate about sport are often characterized. Um, for me, it was just a, very, a physical way to explore a story. And obviously that resulted in the Paralympics in 1996. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the things that was famous for that was the cheetah leg. Yeah. Well, I was the guinea pig, sure. Mm. I mean, the the now it's kind of the standard. Every every I, athlete who uses a prosthetic leg. I mean, I've even seen them. People have sent me images of horses, <laughs> you know, have a jumping accident and they're fit with a little version of the of the cheetah leg, the sprinting leg. Um, you know, it was it was really such a pivotal point in my life because it was my entree to design in general. You know, I, I, I never bothered to look at a particular faucet or a chair or a knife. Um, I think as anything more than the, the tool it was beforehand. And, and certainly my own dealings with, with my legs was kind of as a hacker. You know, it was always about, okay, all these things, ways in which it didn't really work and getting in there in my dad's tool shed and, you know, adapting them to make them work for me, which I think is the experience a lot of people have with their glasses or, you know, any kind of device that they, that's really an assistive medical device that we just don't even, you know, it becomes so intimately involved with our daily life that we just have to, we do the little tweaks on it to make it feel that it's worthy of that intimacy. So for me, you know, having... Being a bilateral amputee is, is um, already very rare, right? It's, it, most amputees are, are missing one leg or one arm, right? So the, the, the goal of the prosthetist is to make a prosthetic leg to achieve symmetry, right? Your height, your weight, the pronation of your feet, all of that stuff is predetermined from the flesh and bone side. So it's just about, model, just about achieving symmetry. But with me... There's a lot of X factors, right? How tall would she be? What, what ways would her feet go? And so it was, it was this constantly being aware that I presented problems to the, 
prosthetist making my legs and it was it was just a headache for them and from from the naive standpoint of a teenage girl that I was I was thinking well I'm, if I want to be the fastest woman in the world on prosthetic legs and I don't have to have human legs with a shin and a foot why are we looking at them why aren't we looking at the fastest thing that runs which is a cheetah and it that quite innocent simple mandate to explore set my life course you know opened so many other doors for me because suddenly i'm meeting with incredible furniture designers and product designers and you know formula 1 designers and and people who are th- people who speak the language of woven carbon fiber or titanium but have no background medically in what a prosthetic leg should look like and also to to release our ourselves from this need to replicate a human leg to to fix what's not there to fix you know to to give yourself some sense of replacing loss such a heavy moribund thing that i was really happy to liberate myself from you know and and i couldn't imagine now the the sadness of constantly being reminded by the person that, again, makes something that is so intimately connected with your body that you have lost something and this is the best you can do to replace it instead of working with people who don't come with that baggage of what it should be and instead will say yes. Amy, we can make anything for you in that space between where your leg ends and the ground. We can we'll create a, something covered in feathers. Let's create some beautiful Cinderella glass slipper leg. Let's let's create something in porcelain. Let's you know let's uh, let's make let's have fun with it. It was the cover of International Design that first kind of brought you to the attention of of Nick Knight and Alexander McQueen, and that was sort of where you first became involved in fashion. The way the dominoes fell with being on the cover of ID, which was a design magazine, I mean, I think I was the first human being they had on the cover. It's usually like a chair or, you know, something that Jonathan Ives made. Mm. Um, And the fact that there was a story on Peter Saville in that issue, Peter giving, giving the issue to Nick, and Nick giving it to Lee, and you know, within a week, I'm opening this package of press kit with this gorgeous boy in a tartan dress running down a hill from a burning castle. I was sitting on my parents' couch, and it was like, "Be careful what you wish for. Here it goes." You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, talking about how it could be interesting to use fashion to explore this. Um, you know, idea of what a sexy woman could look like, or you know, what's what sensuality or sexuality, and how it can be portrayed. You know, um, because I think we see a pretty one-note version of that oftentimes, um, and all of that, all of that stuff. I mean, I really think the internet has been such an incredible. Uh, champion of people creating their own identities and, and aligning with with 
the groups that, uh, of their own choosing. You know what I mean? If you're some kid in Topeka, Kansas, and you're into Norwegian death metal, you have an entirely different access to what's going on um, in real time in a way that y you didn't 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And that's thrilling. It's so amazing to have people uh, have this kind of connectivity. And, and, I, and I don't think, you know, I didn't even realize until, and until the last couple of years after, after Lee, after Lee's passing, I got so many letters from people who wrote to me about what that moment in fashion meant to them. You know, but I mean, yeah, people who were, people who are names we all know in fashion, but also people just, you know, some, someone in school someone who's 12, um, who found it on, on the internet, who wanted to tell me that they had some sense of a personal connection with the creation of an object like those carved wooden legs that were so beautiful and covetable, even. You know, that, that, that and that was the point, to make something that an object that traditionally was made with such a f afterthought of, you know, let's just try and approximate whatever this human leg would have been, just letting go of all of that and creating something magnificent in that space, wearable sculpture. And it certainly transformed my life and... and you touched on the idea of, of the rosewood legs as sculpture because that's something else that I've heard you talk about when you've discussed the work with Matthew Barney. Um, how did that first come about? Matthew wrote me letters, bunches of, lots of letters. Unfortunately, I was also getting letters from lots of people at the time that I didn't want to work with. So, you know, thank God he was persistent um, because uh, I remember my agent called me and said, you know, that. There is there is somebody in this mix that I do think that you'll want to um, talk to, and I remember I was in Washington D.C. where I you know I was <clears throat> had finished university there and uh, and I was still kind of going back and forth between New York and in Washington there and I was staying with friends and I phoned him in the studio. And we agreed to meet, but I, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I had just done a commercial for a British internet service provider, which is no longer in existence. I was treated really well, but the casting crew wasn't, um, and it was such a, a intense and horrible experience for me that what I said to Matthew on the phone was like. Just so you know, if you're an ass, I'm not going to work with you. <laughs> I'm not. Don't work with asses. I remember he giggled nervously, and he. I mean, he's one of the uh, truly most generous and lovely people um, you could ever work with. So funny to think back on that now. I forgot about that. 
Anyway, we, I went to his studio. Um, I had just moved to New York, and it turns out I was three blocks from him. Went to the studio, and he had presented three characters, and he had sketches, and you know, wanted to walk me through these ideas. And you know, we're we're doing a um, another ongoing project now, um, based on Norman Mailer's book *Ancient Evening*. So I guess it's great. I'm so I'm so privileged to get to. Like I said, I want to grow old with these people. I want to. I want us to always be pushing each other. And um, and certainly, you know, Matthew again. Matthew had no background in prosthetics, um, but he was an athlete. And uh, he, you know, I think we really connected on that on that level of pushing yourself physically and 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 using the body as that conduit to push against conflict and resistance and the creative, the creativity that comes out of that friction. I read something where you said that you take different pairs of shoes and have different kind of yeah. prosthetics made for different shoes. Is it something that um, amputees work with people to kind of customise prosthetics or customise them themselves? You know what, I don't know, as I do, hmm. you know, I am, um, I do. For me, I couldn't imagine, again, something as intimate as the person that's going to make legs for me not being somebody I want to get to know and somebody who gets to know me and, 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 um, and for it to be very much a hands-on collaboration. I mean, I don't know if that's that way for everybody, but I think um, increasingly that's more the case. You know, that's more the case. I think for a lot of people, they didn't know that they could. You know, I mean, I, I feel like from, from the letters and fan mails that I get from people, it's like the, the, some of the most striking themes that recur. It's just people becoming aware that they have the right to design something that they're going to wear for themselves or put their, you know, personal stamp on it or come up with, you know, the idea that the, that the role of aesthetic in this field, which was neglected for ages, I mean, like I said, I see that gold, fabulous gold toe in ancient Egypt, and I think, what happened in this whole middle bit, you know, of naff plastic attempt to look Caucasian? I mean, you had two options, Caucasian and not Caucasian. <laughs> you know, it's just really sad. And even the, the, to, to abandon the need to have your leg look like a human leg, um, it just has such a visceral impact on the wearer. You know, and I feel like this is something where, in, you know, in fashion, you, found, you find people who gravitate towards fashion, I think, for that same sense of transformation and the power you, you feel being able to be in this field of changing, changing yourself however temporarily, you know, that it, we know it does actually affect everything, how you walk, how you, how you think, how you 
kiss somebody, how you write letters. I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's the fact that that sense and sensibility, which people who've worked within fashion have known for so long, is starting to kind of leak out into other areas where people might never have known what that feels like or, or, or you know, it is, that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. <laughs>